The Fake Show Podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, The Craft House Brewery in Henderson, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Hey, everybody. Steven Weber is one of the busiest actors in Hollywood. He started out by doing commercials when he was just a kid in grade school, eventually getting work on the soaps, and then numerous TV stage and screen appearances would follow. He may best be known for his role as Brian Hackett on the NBC sitcom Wings, which ran for several seasons. Now he is in a new Netflix horror thriller called The Professional. Action that co-stars Allison Williams. I've got Steven Weber on the line right now in Los Angeles. Steven, greetings from Las Vegas. How are you, buddy? Good morning, sir. I'm very well. How are you? Uh, fantastic. I just looked at the trailer for The Perfection, and it looks really twisted and great with you and Allison Williams. Yeah, it really is. It really is a good, real roller coaster ride. <laughs> it's obvious that she can do scary, right, after watching Get Out? Oh my God! Uh, can she ever? But also, you know, and and she's she's in many ways kind of an old-fashioned leading actor. I won't say leading lady, but I mean she's yeah. She's uh, she projects both vulnerability uh, until she destroys everything in sight. <laughs> she's got that great uh, that that great combination of, of vulnerability and, and strength and great stillness and uh, yeah, she's she's. She's excellent, as is Logan Browning, who's in it as well. He's a great actor. What is it about, you know, when you look at a script like this, do you say, well, I don't know, it's kind of crazy, but I, I really like it. The writing's great. I mean, what is it that attracts you to something like this? Well, I've always, first of all, been attracted to those um, darker roles. Ever since I was yeah. a kid, watching Universal monster movies, you know, whether it's right. Josie or Boris Karloff. And later on, transitioning to those other kind of, bad guys, whether it's Humphrey Bogart or James Cagney, so there's something about that aspect to it that I, maybe maybe it gives me the edge that I didn't have in real life or something. So, in this particular case, uh, even after having played a, a series of not-so-nice guys over the years uh-huh. in TV, um, there's something really interesting um, and, and, as you say, you know, potentially twisted and complicated about this, this one character. Um, I also like the genre, too. Uh, I'm a big fan of the kind of... Uh, thriller, horror, sci-fi, fantasy genre. And this sort of fits in, And um, even though it's a, it's a straight drama as well. Um, look, uh, and, and on a base level, uh, for an actor who's been around as long as I have, I feel very lucky. And so when a good role comes my way, I'm going to jump on it. I'm not even going to think twice. And I mean, I know early on you started out as you were on, I think it was As the World Turns, if I'm not mistaken. Is that a pretty decent training ground? To, to, I mean, you're, you're going through scripts like crazy. It's extraordinary uh, because it forces you to uh, lose any sense of complacency. Um, as an actor, the fact that oh, you can be sitting around in your chairs, you have so um, so much to learn uh, that you've got to really work hard. But also, it's it was back in the day great to observe. Uh, I've been working with people who'd actually started doing that show in radio and who made wow. the transition to TV. Yeah, and they were already they'd already been there for like 25 years by the time I got there. So it was fantastic to to be in that. Uh, environment, uh, so many veterans, and and also to see it from the other side, you get a real um, immersion into the, the the how those things are made with the uh, camera operators and the yeah directors and the technicians.
technicians and it's like seeing the circus uh, from uh, you know behind the curtain. It's really exciting. So it's a great training ground. By the same token, I mean you've done some great stage work. I remember that you were in the producers on Broadway, and that's pretty demanding work, isn't it? I mean you're doing so many shows during the week. It, it is, and and it does it does separate um, in many ways people's perceptions of what being a professional actor is. Um, when you do a play. Uh, it's legitimate work. It's it's real kind of body pounding, uh, busting yeah. work. And um, uh, and if you're inherently lazy, like I, at least I used to be, <laughs> it was a real shock <laughs> to the system. Uh, there's a lot of people involved, a lot of moving parts. When I did the producers on Broadway, it was it had just won all those Tonys, and you know you could do no wrong. And and as much of a spectacle as it was to see. Uh, on stage from the audience, uh, backstage was even more complicated. All these people moving uh, yeah. furniture and sets and walls and wires, and it was it's pretty fantastic. It really is a great world, and and again, it's it's a world of kind of mostly very kind of blue collar. You know, uh, there's very little frou frou, pinky in the air nonsense. Everybody's kind of working hard. It's like being on a I would imagine, you know, an old ship in the 1800s. <laughs> right. There's no lollygagging. You've got to get out of the way, you get crushed. Yeah, I remember you in an interview telling Jon Stewart, you know, TV actors, they're wussies. They have no idea what this is like. No clue. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, uh, Wings had such a great run. It must have been like a family. I- I'm imagining you still keep in touch with some of those people like Tim Daly and some of the others. I do. I see Tim. I see uh, Tony Shalhoub. Uh, I see Ada yeah. Asbeck. Um, uh, I see Rebecca Schull, uh, who played Faye. I, you know, I've actually worked with her since then. Uh, on a couple of occasions, um, yeah, it was a great it was a great time, and we all did get close. But as happens, uh, people go their separate ways, and we were together nearly eight years. And um, yeah, and uh, and you know our paths cross every so often. But uh, it, it, it that's the thing about acting you approximate real life, um, and uh, so we we approximated a family dynamic. But then when it was over, we basically said goodbye to our family, <laughs> moved on and found other families. You know, maybe that's the, the nature of the business. Another show you did, which it's a head scratcher to me, why it didn't catch on, but Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, it had everything going for it. You, you were part of such a great cast and it was an Aaron Sorkin type of a show. Was it just a little too smart for the room, a little too inside? I don't I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say it was a little too inside because uh, American audiences have really, I think, developed uh, an understanding of behind-the-scenes. and uh, It's not so much a novelty anymore. I, I think, it, first of all, it was a very big show, uh, big to produce technically, and uh, hours were very long, and uh, and so that means it was probably expensive, too. And, um, and in, in many areas, TV production is about the bottom line, money, and I don't know if they were making as much money as they had hoped. I also think, uh, I mean, that's my own... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, opinion, and I also think that the critics can sometimes be a little—I uh, don't know—vindictive. Maybe that's too harsh a word, but uh, I feel like people were gunning for Aaron Sorkin after the colossal success of The West Wing. Maybe there was something in that. Yeah. They said, you know, let's let's take him down a peg, and they did. So they had—I feel like they had their knives out even before they saw the first. Uh, scene and uh, yeah. yeah, so there was a lot to recommend it. I, it definitely could have used another 
season, in my opinion, to maybe iron out some some uh, you know glitches. But uh, look, again, I'm I'm kind of in the gratitude period of my career. I'm so I'm so grateful to have been on that. It was an amazing project. Um, you know, and sometimes TV can be forgiving, and sometimes it it can't be. So you've done some some really fun stuff. I mean, I I can't imagine how great it is to work on Drunk History, for instance. Oh well, that first <laughs> I, I have two teenage boys, and a couple of years ago they introduced me to that show. Yeah, and I I thought that was great. And one night I ran into um, uh, the producer of it, the creator of it, and uh, and I just kind of I practically begged him for a job, and he. He gave me two. Gave me two of them. The one aired already uh, last season, and then, then we've got another one coming up about Love Belly. You know the, the <laughs> right center of the blues yeah. in a way. <laughs> and I play as manager. Yeah, it's, it's truly hilarious and funny. And and on some level, you learn something. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure drunken rambling is a good. <laughs> it, it's interesting because Derek Waters now has people coming to him, like you say, to to be yeah, on the yeah. show. Oh God! Yeah. Look. It, it's literally fun. It's very fun, and and uh, and he's a great dude too. I mean, he really is, and everybody affiliated with that show. So yeah, that was extra fun. You've done so much work. So when you do a show like Curb Your Enthusiasm, where I'm only hearing that you basically get an outline, and uh, there's a lot of improving, is that the case, I'm, or or do you get fully realized scripts on that show? No, you, you're hearing correctly. It's uh, it's you, you get an outline. There are certain beats or phrases or you know ideas that you need to hit or at least bring up but Larry trusts the people that he casts enough to get uh, to get there and uh, so you do it a few times and you throw in some Im- improvisations and and then they keep kind of winnowing it down uh, to the, the beats that they want but there's still th- that that sense of spontaneity never dissipates um, and uh, and I'd worked with Larry before we did a, a, a film that very few people have seen, but it's a great film called um, Sour Grapes. Yeah, and so yeah. that's where we we kind of got to know each other, and um, and so he let me let me make up a bunch of stuff. And of course, if you like that show, I was I was with the you know kind of the murderers row of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was uh, in scenes with, with of course Larry and, and Jeff and Susie. Right. And, <laughs> You know, it was really fun. You know, J.B. Smoove is hilarious, and and it was really a thrill. Yeah, Susie is a sweetheart in real life, but man, <laughs> she is a, she can rip you up. Oh, holy smokes! You know, and 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 uh, I was disappointed because my character didn't get into her, you know, in her in her in her view very very much right. I mean, until the right. end. I mean, she didn't rip me apart. And also, look, Larry David is actually the, the sweetest, nicest guy you'll you'll ever meet. I'm not saying that there's Nothing about the character he plays that isn't based on him, but uh, he's he's a surprisingly well-adjusted guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stephen Weber, the multifaceted actor, can be seen uh, on Netflix in The Perfection and so much more. We look forward to everything you do, Steve, man. It was a pleasure to talk to you, an honor. Same here. Thank you very, very much. And have a great All day. All right, buddy. You too. Good luck. I think Stephen is just a very in-demand actor, and you never know where he's going to turn up, although I am hearing that he will be in an updated version of the former TV show Get Christy Love. That brings us to the conclusion of this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty, and as always, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.